0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Man, they're uh, trying to stop hey, for getting himself into rest. further he's trouble. It's a
2: fucking dismiss. Oh, that's not a bad ball for Penny on the right side. It's Carlos
0: Alberto.
2: Oh, what a great goal that was! Carlos Alberto. Oh, don't he just walk away from Huddle?
1: continue the
0: lead the england players protesting to the referee wel nu gaan we kijken op eens een gevoel dat we in de halve finale gaan komen met de bal zit voor Frank de boer Frank de boer speelt de bal heel goed naar dennis bergkamp er is bergkamp dennis bergkamp net de bal aan dennis bergkamp daar is bergkamp daar is bergkamp, dennis bergkamp. Dennis bergkamp. Dennis bergkamp. Dennis bergkamp. Welcome to this, another episode of the Scoreless Thriller Podcast. I'm joined as always by my trusty assistant manager, Leon, how are you doing? Cheers, I'm good. And we've got somebody returning for their second appearance on the podcast. Not quite a permanent signing, but maybe a lone signing. Colbin, welcome again. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. It's great to be back.
0: Today on the podcast, we are going to be discussing a team which has been described as one of the best teams ever to not win the World Cup. The Brazil team from... 1982 and we've just watched the game against Italy which a game which has been viewed as a tragedy where they went out of the World Cup. Um, do you have any initial reactions to watching the game? I just love Zico.
2: Yeah, Zico is an incredible player. Yeah, uh, was completely bossing the game.
0: Yeah, it was kind of incredible watching the the game because beforehand I kind of had thought that the game would be kind of more run through Socrates because I think like Socrates played a bit deeper. It's kind of like the number eight and therefore that he would be able to like putting the ball forward for Zico, but Zico seemed to just be like, he was on fire, everything just like all this kind of short passes and everything and like putting in different, uh, different connections and stuff. It's like mixing all the play. His dribblings, Yeah. (laughs) His dribbling and everything. Yeah. It was crazy. So, uh, on this podcast, I like to give my guests a little trivia question. So I think the last time you were on, I think Colvin, you won that one, right? Yeah, I did. I think this is going to be... precious pre- on me. <laughs> this is going to be a pretty tough one. I don't, <laughs> I <know. laughs> I don't think you said any chance to get it. But anyway, okay. In one of the World Cup games, France were playing against Kuwait. And France were leading 3-1. And... <laughs> 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 so specific. I <laughs> yeah, don't so believe you, it. You're, uh, you're both looking at your computer, so I'm worried that you've got this story... At hand. But anyway, okay. Not so. only the
1: list of qualified teams. Okay. So this, is kind of, this is fair. <laughs> this is
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should make sure that every single <laughs> in, every single World Cup game, every <laughs> Cup, Cup <laughs> one of these questions has something to do with New Zealand. But. <laughs> that was my first World Cup one. <laughs> <laughs> Default answer, New okay. Zealand. So I'm going to have to set the scene. So it's 3-1 to France. And they have scored again to make it 4-1. But if this goal is eventually disallowed and not counted, and what I want to know is... What led to this goal being disallowed? Somebody, somebody who, would, who should not have interfered did to stop this goal counting.
2: Oh, uh, a ball boy. Uh, oh,
0: no. do, do you know No, I have no idea. Oh, you sounded so confident. <laughs> I felt,
2: com- I felt <laughs> confident. Oh, the ball boy, um, yeah. Or oh, the coach.
1: The coach did something.
2: What might he have done? No, um, I mean, it could have been... Uh, somebody yeah. came
0: onto the pitch to argue... And as a result, the goal was disallowed.
1: Because one he the... or she convinced the referee? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I've never impressive. heard of that. No, that's very uh, impressive. Convinced
0: <laughs> the referee didn't
2: count. Could have been the coach themselves? FIFA president. <laughs> right from the ranks. No, I think you've got a stumped on this one.
0: Okay, so uh, one, one final guess. One final um,
2: guess each. Was not the ball boy. Came onto the pitch. Just some you're, random you're, assistant. You were
0: in the... You said FIFA, not FIFA president.
1: Okay, oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. The president of a country that participated. So was it, was it, it was France against? Kuwait. Kuwait. Was it the Kuwait president that was doing fair play and said that no, nah, this wasn't <laughs> the
0: goal? Or, okay, so that's your guess. What is your final guess? Well, I think uh, French president will be. President yes. of the... the, safer the... bet.
2: What's the like the uh, the name of the like UEFA's Europe? What's the name of the one that would be Africa for Kuwait? Africa's I don't know. Is it Asia? Asia? Oh, it's so there in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a minus, minus, to... point.
1: <laughs> that's a minus <laughs> point. That's a minus <laughs> point. Yeah, <laughs> that's a minus <laughs> point. <laughs> that's, a minus <laughs> point. That's, that's a good point.
0: That's yeah, okay. that's yeah, that's bad. <laughs> so yeah, you're not gonna get it well. anyway, So so what happened was the, uh France had scored, but while they had been scoring, scoring in the process of scoring, the Arab team, the Kuwait, had stopped playing because they thought they'd heard a mysterious sort of whistle in the ground. And they were kind of, like, uh, remonstrating and complaining to the referee. And then Prince Fahid, the Kuwaiti FA president, who was at the ground, came down from the stands and argued with the referee, said the team would, like, not carry on playing unless this was changed Whoa. and eventually the referee disallows the goal wow oh, that's pretty cool yeah I think my guess, my guess was not that off no no I think crazy. you get maybe half a point. half a point half yeah. a point yeah
1: so I'm half a point in the league now right because it's minus one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah.
2: The mark, mark, guess. Come on.
0: it's right. hard <laughs> you're not going to be going on a geography podcast you? no <laughs>
2: But come on, they don't always line up
0: with the geography, these uh, arbitrary... Uh... Yeah, arbitrary things. <laughs> that. so, that's, so And the referee, Miroslav Stupa, was yeah. banned from refereeing after after this for uh, for changing his decision. Oh. And the prince was fined for the sum of 8,000 pounds, oh. which I'm sure would annoy him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah. So after, um, so after a little trivia question, we're going to go back to the, discussing the Brazilian team. Okay. Hello, this is Alex here from the Scoreless Threader podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast so far, please give us a like on Facebook at the Scoreless Twitter podcast or else follow us on Twitter. And remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to keep up to date with our coming podcasts. Now, enjoy the show. So, Leon, what do you think makes this Brazilian team sort of like so memorable? Or why is it sort of like captured the people's imagination for for so long, even though they didn't even make a semi final of a World Cup?
1: it's definitely their the flamboyant play style, and the creativity and the passes, the triangles they make. It's very it's very clear, it's very beautiful. Um and you've just gotta love it, man. When you see it, you love it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I have this I have this quote from uh this Argentinian uh, coach who was at the World Cup, and he was sort of—he has this line about like the beauty of their play, and he says that. Um, so he says the ball would arrive in this zone, talking about the midfield, and would then disappear to reappear in the form of a rabbit and also a dove, and then was hidden again from anguished opponents who would look for it in the most unlikely places without being able to find it. Oh. The crowd, myself included looked at the watch with the intention of making time stand still because we want we all wanted the game to last forever. Oh Ooh. so metaphoric. Act- yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it's it's, it's it's I think like watching the Brazilian team is just the, the intricacy of like everyone sort of just takes like one or two touches and then the ball is moved on to someone else. Yeah. And then they just like people Socrates appears somewhere else on the left and then like Seiko will appear somewhere else.
2: And also just the commitment to the attacking football. Like everyone's mm. just going forward. They're not playing conservative like the fullbacks are getting right into the game. It's just, uh, it's very entertaining. Yeah, yeah very entertaining <laughs> and elegant.
0: Exactly. And um, after after Brazil were knocked out of the World Cup after this game, like the football world was kind of in in shock. Like uh, the Spanish news, newspapers with this World Cup taking uh, place in Spain actually said like the World Cup is over, and people were just like heartbroken that this beautiful team of like artists and you know interesting characters like Socrates is famous also for his like political act- activism you know it was very okay. and at the Corinthian club they, they uh, had something called like Corinthian's democracy which was all about like their players kind of working together on sort of like creating new ideas and yeah. everything and like Socrates is very interesting as well in that he could have, he's actually a medically trained doctor as well. And he played, like, two, made, like, 200 league appearances. Yeah. And he was still doing his, like, doctor's exams. Yeah. Still, like, still in his, his doctor's training in his 20s. So it took place in the second in the second group stage. They, this tournament had 24 teams. So after the first group stage, they went into the second group stage. And during the group stage, like, Brazil had wowed everyone. You know, they'd uh, beaten USSR 2-1 in the first game, just about. And then they'd had a four, 4-0 and the 4-1 victory. And, like... The the world was kind of captivated by this artistry and Brazilian like technical brilliance. Whereas Italy on the other hand <laughs> had not had quite the same impact on the football that world. Impressed no one. Yeah. <laughs> They had uh, they had snuck through from by three three draws. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then and and
2: only got through on goal difference because Cameroon had scored one less goal than them. Mm. I was prepared for this. Is my trivia question? As you got us with this one on the New Zealand last time. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I was prepared <laughs> for that Ill, one Ill, Ill too. Ill prepared.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do have so yeah. Um, it, actually, in the previous World Cup, so yeah. Brazil in the nineteen seventy eight, they equaled the feat that New Zealand did in the in the World Cup that we discussed in twenty ten, yeah. where they were both. Brazil went out to the 20 of the 1978 World Cup because they were unbeaten. Yeah. As a as an unbeaten team the same as New Zealand in in 2010. Wow.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: In the in a game because uh so they were it was another one of these group things and Argentina had to beat Peru in their last game to get to the next round, yeah. the group stage and then there's and then they beat them 6-0 which uh, most people kind of view as potentially that the uh, Argentinian Junta had some maybe uh... <laughs> some magic <laughs> <traditions>. <laughs> maybe some influence going on yeah there. some yeah. influence on this and uh, so yeah there was, there was a Brazilian team of 1982 so Brazil had kind of moved a little bit. since 1970 they had they struggled a lot at the the international stage so they had like changed a little bit their philosophy and like they were being become more counterattacking and maybe more cynical and the kind of people thought that they maybe had moved away from their beautiful kind of traditional uh, attacking style of football. But then when Santana took over in uh, 1980, then he began to instigate the kind of change and like wanting them to be the, the kind of more synchronicity of the midfield and yeah. the passing that they became.
1: The return to the
0: old style, yeah. Mm. So uh, the game kicks off and immediately we have the first goal from, uh, from Rossi comes in and yeah, the defending isn't great on the first goal. No. It's not good it's throughout the match. Yeah, that kind of thing.
1: But but it was surprising, right? Because Rossi had, hadn't scored for, for in, in ages. He was mm. also banned for. He
0: hadn't scored in the uh, in the group up to this point, and the yeah. Italian media was calling for him to be dropped from the squad. Yeah.
1: yeah. So he he broke his duck. As I as I read, is that the saying? Yeah. 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 Okay. His 10, <laughs> ten <laughs> match duck. <laughs> we some so good vocabulary.
0: <laughs> what would you say in German? You you not like, say, like, broke their dunk? No, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. That's not a thing. No, okay. No. But yeah. And it's, then a
1: the tour flouted, yeah. which is something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And he also went into the game with only eight international goals to his name. So he yeah. wasn't exactly a prolific scorer for mm. the yeah. team so to begin with.
0: Rossi had just returned for a couple months after he'd served a two-year of an initial three-year ban for his involvement in a match-fixing scandal in, in Italy. So he, he would, like... It was a surprise that he was even in the squad and then now that he's playing quite poorly in the group stage, yeah. it was a kind of surprise that he was still in the team. But yeah, he scores in the five minutes in where there's a cross from the left and he just heads it in and there's like...
1: Such a beautiful, strong header. <laughs> yeah. So oh, straightforward. He just headers it in, goes yeah. all in.
0: There's so many great headers in this game. Yeah. So, you know, so much. Uh, they, they had power. Yeah, real. Neck <laughs> they had
1: some jumping power back <laughs> in the <laughs> day.
0: Real neck strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Momentum. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Rossi scores after five minutes, but they're only in lead for seven minutes. So, so, come, come, do you want to describe uh, maybe the, the Brazil equalizer, with Socrates?
2: Yeah, the, the Brazil equalizer came from a talking about our favorite player of the match uh zico from a beautiful pass from him to socrates and uh you get a tight angle on the near post on the right hand side and just slots it in yeah. past the goalkeeper and it's just it's just a beautiful goal it's it's just something you love to see and um yeah it's, yeah, it's just it's really zico sh- running really sh- the game if you
0: want like a goal to kind of like maybe demonstrate or like kind of like Show what this Brazilian team is all about. It's like maybe this one, right? That's the essence. Yeah, of see, yeah like the little intricate passes, and then like slid down the line, and then the celebr the, the goal, and then. But also, I love the celebration as well, right? Yeah. You know, Socrates sort of has his two arms up in the air, yeah. and it's like we mob wise players, and it's like the other players, and it's like a very a classic. G- yeah, like a <laughs> Jesus figure, <almost. laughs> just like yeah. getting all. Uh, Getting all behind him,
2: but yeah. so Those so, moments you love where they just cut through them like a knife.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. What you wanted to yeah. see from
2: the Brazil team, mm. and I'm sure what everyone wanted to see at the time as well.
0: Yeah. So at, at this point, with it one-one, the draw is enough for Brazil to go through onto the semi onto the semifinals. Italy have to win this game because of uh, Brazil's better goal difference. So the the rest of the first half, even though Brazil are level, and you know that's enough of a good result for them. Like Italy barely have the ball, right? It's very yeah.
1: No, Brazilian is pushing all the way through. They've got the ball. They've got the action going. Yeah. And there's nothing much happening in in favor of Italy during that time. Yeah, they're also being...
2: Yeah. yeah. And they're being forced to do some, uh, I'd say, some iffy tackling. You get a nice yellow card for an Italian player for... a. Pretty intense tackle from behind, so they're obviously having to have their work cut out for them in this first half.
0: You think where is he going to get like a goal from or create something? Where they've got no, no, no uh, they've got no possession really, not really able to build much pressure. And then this, the the goal, the goal where they take the lead again is, it's horrible. Pressure, yeah. Yes, yeah, so Serrazo on the. And the right hand side just plays a square ball pass,
2: which is like amateur league yeah. knowledge. Yeah. I don't do this, <laughs> never,
0: <laughs> never. Yeah, I was as just, yeah. a
2: defender, getting told this as an eight-year-old, never pass across your own oh, box. No. I guess he wasn't technically in the box; the ball was just outside. Yeah, but and it's a and, and Rossi it grabs do. it and goes oh, through just, it.
0: <laughs> he just goes through and scores. But also, I think the goalkeeper is—I mean, the, the shot isn't even very good. The goalkeeper, no. like, the ball is just like straight.
1: Probably he was surprised, right? But I mean, he's got enough time to like to like to, to set to himself it. and get ready, and
0: yeah. then like uh, he like Rossi sort of shoots it straight, kind of almost at like Walder Perez, yeah. and he kind of like dives out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It,
2: it was pretty. It was pretty disappointing to come from the best best team of in the world.
0: Yeah. So apparently at halftime, with the score two one to to Italy, there was a lot of like anger and frustration in the in the Selecao in the Brazilians. Uh, In the Brazilian locker room, room. yeah, they were, like... I think there's a little bit of, like, maybe they... Because they'd had it a little bit so easy... um, Well, not so easy, but they kind of, like... They'd gotten through the challenge of the USSR game, the first game where they won 2-1, and then since then have been so, like, comfortable. And now they were, like, in trouble, and, like, Italy Italy were kind of frustrating them defensively. So apparently, like, during halftime, Serasao, the guy who made the mistake for this goal, was, like, in tears in the locker (laughs) room, and uh, Socrates had to, like had to comfort him and, you know, cajole him to get him going again. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's... it's, So it's 2-1 to Italy. And then the second half, it's... uh, There's not that much... Maybe, like, Brazil are kind of building a bit of pressure, but they're not really... They're not getting that many chances.
2: No. But I do love that their style of play, they don't really forsake their... They're beautiful football. They're still doing cheeky back hills, yeah. back heels in the midfield, and they're trying to slice through them. It's they don't really abandon the they style. never, never, no. No. And they never <laughs> like they don't. never seem
0: to panic, right? They never no. seem to be like rushing it. There's like this is our yeah. formula of playing, and this is yeah. They it's, have confidence this very in romantic
1: it. idea of playing beautiful football, and you're gonna win. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what carries them throughout this th- through the match. But yeah,
0: yeah, and then they equalize with. Just over twenty minutes to go, with uh, the goal by um, the goal by Falcao, and that is a brilliant
2: yeah. goal, isn't it? Yeah. He uh, he tricks. He's just outside the box. He gets the ball and he uh, turns his hip a bit to the to the right hand side, and all three Italian defenders yeah. between him and the goal all fall for it. Yeah. Like it's synchronicity. It's just yeah. it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Such like, <laughs> <an> elegant <laughs> swing of the hip. Yeah, then. and it's not it's not even that. But he just sends them the wrong way, and then turns onto the other foot, and then uh, it's a nice, beautiful shot.
0: He smashes yeah, he <laughs> smashes it across, and then, like, if the celebrations for the first Brazilian goal are, like, very emotional and, like, driven, like, they're even, like, they're ten times that for this this one, right? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, he sprints over to the towards the bench, and, like, they're all...
1: So relieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I think, it, yeah, there's it such relief, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I think, like, now it's, like, we've had the scare of, like, we were behind and going out for, like, maybe, like, half an hour. Yeah. Now... Like this is you this know, is not gonna happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> not gonna happen. this We're is not. Gonna happen. Happen. We're not gonna have that heartbreak thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the so,
1: interesting thing is that now at this point they're through, right? So yeah. So it's equal the scores, equal that we'll put them through. And you would think that at least from a perspective nowadays they would, you know, defend a little more, mm, go yeah.
0: back yeah. towards their half of the pitch, yeah. and do their business. But that's <laughs> not at all yeah. what happens. I do. I do have a funny fact about like the celebrations for the score. So. Uh Falco has like been chewing on a piece of gum the whole game. <laughs> and when he after he scores, he like oh, sprints yes. over and he's like has his hand up and he's like and he, he starts to uh he forgets about his gum and he starts to like choke in it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like in his after the ce- celebrations he's like trying to like to cough it back up and, yeah. and he like he's like Going like purple And he's like Staring at like Apparently he was like The substitutes Yeah so staring at like The substitutes And also the Italians The Italians thought He was like just scowling at them <laughs> he was just like Trying to stop himself Trying to stay alive <laughs> Trying to stop himself Choking on his own gum Yeah oh. Yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, I read the same quote Yeah like, I know They were so confused Like these intense looks man. What's going yeah, on exactly. score move on yeah, right? could, like, continue, <laughs> The banter The banter Doesn't yeah, <laughs>
0: But yeah, you're right. Like they have it now. It's two-two, and then like, but it, even like even after they have after they've equalized, in the next like minute or two, they have another chance. Zico comes forward and has a shot. They oh. like one of their best moves in the match, where they kind of start at like the right back position and like move it forward, and it ends up with a Zico shot. Yeah. And like they still have like maybe six or six players or seven players yeah. above the like in front of the ball, creating stuff. But then just six minutes after they've leveled it. Italy, so they give away this like stupid corner, like right, the left back yeah. tries to head it back to the goalkeeper and it goes out. And it's
2: only just as well, the goalkeeper just about gets a hand to it, you can mm-hmm. I mean from the, from the screen angle that we had, I wouldn't even know if it actually gone over, yeah. so it was really unlucky from a Brazilian perspective.
0: Yeah, and it goes out and so Italy have a, have a corner, and do you want to describe this goal Leon, like how you, how you saw it?
1: well they they have the corner kick um it's kicked in and then there's kind of this poor clearance uh which uh, enables the Italian um Francesco Graziani and Rossi mm. to get a go at the ball
0: and then actually it's Rossi who kicks it and scores and yeah it's like it's like a scuffed shot into the six yard box and yeah. like Rossi, the kind of poacher, is just like there in the middle, and he's just, like, he gets a touch in it and puts it in. It's remiss to like not like wonder about about like the Brazilian defense, right? Yeah, like they're, yeah, they're pretty free in the penalty area. Yeah, right? they're, they're wide open, the and, and they... like the guy on the post is like, it's the thing is like he's not really getting out very quick. Yeah, and he's then...
2: on the opposite post, and he doesn't. He doesn't try and commit to playing the striker offside and he doesn't go up to, to man mark him either. So He just kind of does neither and just tries to call for offside afterwards, which obviously it was an onside goal. So it was a bit of a caught in no man's land yeah. from the defender.
0: Brazil after coming back twice, you know, <laughs> right
2: into the hearts. Yeah, yeah, they
0: so also so soon after, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: you have to imagine this. You like you you they leading. Italy has been leading two times now in this match, and you've always yeah. gathered the strength to get back in it, right? Also yeah. psychologically, you've mastered the challenge. But then towards the end of the match, this just happens it's, again. It's, it's it has immo- to be you know, devastating. Yeah. It's
0: almost impossible to like watch this game with like. In a kind of emotion like from a, like an emotionless perspective yeah like, you're like you're just kind of drawn to the i don't know whether it's sort of like maybe like the mythology or like the aesthetic or like the way the brazilians are playing or just like it's it feels like like i uh, described it almost as like kind of like a greek tragedy and you kind of know that the kind of brave hero is yeah. going to in the end die but you just want at every <laughs> moment they want there to be that little like some moment that will actually redeem him or like Something will change for their story that they will not have to like this fate which has kind of been bestowed <laughs> upon them like yeah. retain, that yeah. that they will fail. So yeah, after they they go behind, they have uh, like maybe a quarter of an hour to get to get level and they they have one chance. I think like maybe I don't really they didn't create that much. They had like yeah. that one chance which was the header and then yeah. Dino's yep. off has yeah. a brilliant save.
2: They but, also so, have an offside goal, but. It also gets uh, yeah. to disavowed. But ad, so course. does Italy, right? So does Italy. And Italy's looks more onside than yeah, the Brazilian is, ones. Was, is, that, was that was you, is that what you
1: read? I read yeah. up on it, yeah, yeah, and said it was onside. So uh, in the end, actually, Brazil was kind of lucky to yeah. have that chance <laughs> at the last minute. Where <laughs> <Yeah>. was <laughs> VAR? Surely it would like nice to know. <laughs> So actually,
0: yeah. So, yeah, and like that's, um, that's kind of how it ends and like, like yeah. the Italian players are like almost in like, shock like i think like the like the coaches and stuff are like so like you know uh, shock and amazed that they've won this game and like there's like streaming onto the pitch and like the the brazilian players have just gone off and it's that's that's how it that's the end end of the story the sad end of the story and apparently
1: also the sad end of an era right yeah of this type of brazilian
0: football playing Mm. Yeah, so after after this this game, the coach sort of like is apparently sort of heartbroken by it, and he goes off to to work in Saudi Arabia for a short for a period. But then he he actually comes back for '86. But by this point, kind of Zeke that great team of '82 is kind of past their peak. So Zico and Socrates are the players that they once were. And also after this after this World Cup, loads of them leave to play in Europe. Yeah. Whereas before, they've been almost like exclusively, except for. For one player, um they've been based in Brazil, and then after this they they leave on masse to to Italy but um what's also interesting is that like the team is almost immediately like revered for their play like they're not they're not treated like harshly when they return to Brazil. They return to like a hero's welcome. yeah The coach receives a a, a round of applause from the journalist when he speaks. And you know they're they're immediately like it's not as a position of like there's a kind of like anger at them that they haven't um, that they failed yeah. yeah exactly like other Brazilian teams which have failed like maybe like the 1950 feeling like the 1950 team which lost the World Cup final they they they're not viewed as failures they kind of still retain the kind of mythical mythical status so then in after the break we're going to discuss a little bit about um, Kind of this kind of idea of like the mythical loser and other great teams who've who've failed in who've like played beautiful football but also failed and like how in some ways the kind of failure has fed into their mythical status. Unless you have any last points about what you saw from the game or what you kind of noticed a lot.
1: No, I think I think like the transition only is that this match on the one hand was regarded as one of the best matches in FIFA football World Cup history. Um, but on the other hand is also known as, as the dead of football yeah. which is what we're going to talk about afterwards right? so there is this puzzle which has to be investigated a, a little more and here's Socrates pushing the ball forward to Zika oh what a turn he threw Gentile Socrates is in here it's, oh it's there
0: Socrates scores a goal that sums up the philosophy of Brazilian football so in this um, put together FIFA documentary that I watched this morning about this 1982 World Cup, the um, what I found very interesting is quite. It was very clear from even though they're, they're very sort of choreographed sort of interviews and stuff, and they're all sort of talking about like very nicely about each other. Obviously, you know, these there's like the Brazilian team from 1982 talking about it. There's I feel there is a bit of a divide I think among some of them about how they like whether they should have maybe uh, not stuck quite so rigidly to their ideals, like at some time, like at, at the point of like 2-2. Exactly. Yeah. Whether they should have, you know, like, okay, we are this beautiful team who like to attack and try and win. But like, there comes a point when you've got to sort of like be pragmatic yeah. and, you know, accept your position and uh, sit back a bit and, you know, go for the victory and stuff. And the, this was the point which was kind of coming from, from Zico quite a lot right he was like a little bit like yeah we are i am proud to have been part of this great beautiful team but at the end of the day we lost you know we're not we're not winners and then that's, that's also kind of contrasted with um, something that luisinho said we played how brazil should always play and like how brazil imagines itself to play but that philosophy would die in the 90s and after us yeah. so even though the 94 uh, team won the world cup he says they they also destroyed our beautiful game
2: you're not going to hear many people complaining about the country winning the world cup (laughs) it's quite rare yeah yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but he—I mean, lucien said
1: that um, this match in particular changed the coach's way of thinking, leading to a new destructive philosophy based yeah. on defensive counter-attacking football, and that the style of football played by the Italians against the Brazilians is what became mainstream afterwards. Yeah, so, they would
0: apparently they would say, you know stop looking for kind of more ball-playing yeah. defenders; they would go for like the big, strong ones and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I think there is this very like interesting thing you know about. How whenever it comes to a World Cup, people kind of think, "Oh, I want to watch Brazil because they're going to play beautiful attacking football and flair and stuff." Yeah. And obviously, it's it's like wrong to say that it, that doesn't exist anymore because it obviously does. It's more like it exists with players. But I think what is it's it's more it's far more direct, right? Yeah. yeah. The approach it's is fast. Yeah, <laughs> it's fast. Get the ball forward. Get people forward to score. And like Neymar be the player. Get the cross in and, and try yeah. to score. Whereas <laughs> this is you know more possession. And like yeah, the middle,
1: I feel like now the beauty and the magic happens with individuals, right? Yeah. Like with Ronaldinho or Neymar, like they perform, they they manage to do these dribbles, these passes. Yeah. But the rest of the team is rather straightforward and more pr- pragmatic. Versus, like in 1982, you had this team of players they were so flamboyant, they were so mm. effective they were so, had such a good touch of the ball, it's, and they, it's, they made it work as a team, that that was impressive thing. it's
0: very similar to sort of like 1974 Netherlands total football in that like everyone was comfortable in every position yes. and everyone had got from the goalkeeper forward got to like be comfortable with the ball their feet and stuff and move yeah. around and stuff but then like, you know if they just had like maybe a more sort of uh, dominant maybe centre half or even like a goalkeeper who was a bit more <laughs> good. <laughs> right. I think the
2: epitome of uh, Italy maybe not being the most complete team was uh, the goalkeeper uh, uh, didn't take his own uh, yeah. kicks. They got one of the defenders to come back. Mm. And, you know, you don't see that anymore. And uh, yeah. it's kind of interesting to see a goalkeeper that can't even kick yeah, the ball yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was my job as a yeah. defender. And there was, my, there my, was the, the, bit bit where the ball sort
0: of went over the top and Dino's yeah. off, ran to the edge of his box and tried to volley it, and he completely missed it. So, like yeah. really, it was a good thing. But maybe
2: that's also being a 40-year-old at a World Cup is uh, mm. you want to protect yeah. yourself a bit, maybe. Or <laughs> doing gold kicks, though. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> never know. Look, you never know. You never know. But watching, like, Brazil
0: against Italy, I think at this point it's also, like, it's very iconic also because it's such a sort of, like, contrast in some ways of, like, footballing culture. A clash you know, of systems. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, Italy is where they, they uh, innovated with Catanaccio, like, developing sort of a defensive system and, like, you know the the best result in football is the one 0 win. You know that's like the most beautiful victory, right? And you know like Giuseppe Rossi is like the clinical front man, right? He barely has the touch of the ball outside of the outside of the box or where he where he scores. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's such a kind of clash of um, beauties and stuff. And in some ways, that these teams did not win the World Cup, as as added to their sort of mythical status, and they've come they're more memorable, or people remember them far more than. They were more innovative or like more important for the game than the teams that actually won the World Cup in those situations. Because or do you think they should have just been more pragmatic and accepted, you know, this is, there's two teams that play this, you know, it's not just artistry. Yeah. Like, there's another team that you're playing against who are trying to get the same goals as you.
2: It's not a self portrait. Yeah, football. exactly.
0: But is it not?
2: No, it I can th- be. I think, like, say, if you were someone in football that had no, you're just getting into football and you're trying to choose a club, for example, I think that many people will be attracted to a club that they see as playing beautiful football. I think it's still considered something that people look for. No one wants to start supporting a club that they think is scrappy and doesn't quite... Mm. Those are usually people born into it, right? They're the ones that have to support those kind of clubs. So I think there's still, like, among fans, I think in terms of people are happy to win a, a scrappy 1-0 but if they're looking for a team to start supporting people yeah. will will want that um a beautiful football or well, to make a youtube montage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, or those yeah. that are looking for for <laughs> yeah, so the
1: big yeah. play to, to be fair I think like one has to uh, differentiate between this particular match I think because that was the it was the game strategy right play yeah. beautifully and win and I don't know whether it would have worked if they would have just turned it around like during the match suddenly you know have a following a completely yeah. different philosophy yeah. so I feel yeah. like yeah, that, that was yeah. fine but then of course c- because you talked about innovation then of course afterwards after you lose and after Italy goes on to yeah. win the World Cup yeah I think it's time to reassess and to see whether there has to be some something systematically changed about the way you play and i think that's only correct that then you readjust i think that's that's fine and that's how yeah. sports evolves
2: yeah i think yeah i think there's room for you know being adjustable right like i think that if teams can start the game with the intention of free flowing football and then lock it up once it's mm. secured then maybe that's what we want to see sometimes but maybe by
0: like <laughs> By playing free-flowing football that is their kind of best way of winning right if they were yeah. to decide to try and be defensive and pragmatic yeah you know, that they, then they're more likely to lose because that's not like how that's one that not what they're good at that's one that's that's not one of their strengths
1: although the argument then goes dead brazil with their new more pragmatic pragmatic approach went on to win two world cups right nineteen yeah. four and 2002 mm. so it did work out right
0: yeah, but then they're they're not as loved in their own country as they are as the as the '82 team is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. It's a, it's
1: it's a hard it's a hard call to make. I, yeah, I and I
0: think like maybe that this team, if they had won the World Cup, and maybe in some ways they would not be maybe like, would they be as remembered as much as they are now? You know,
1: I guess had they stayed true to like their philosophy and yeah. played the way they played back yeah. then and also won the world cup then yes of course like yeah. why no if you play beautifully and also win like that's max right? yeah. that's that's what you want but i mean the, like you can turn it around and maybe they are only now remembered even though they did not win the world cup because they played beautifully mm. right which is kind of a, a, a different path road to being remembered and and make friends happy right yeah even if you don't win the tournament mm.
0: yeah like no one remembers the Brazilian teams who played ugly and that still played like still failed right yeah yeah but yeah i think it's I think it's interesting like why what kind of sets this team apart is the characters within it and how they kind of came together, and even though that they even though that they didn't win, they were able to kind of produce something that people will still kind of go back to, and also that like a in, in many ways have set this kind of target for where every Brazilian team which has kind of come since, which they can never possibly kind of reach up to. Because no other, no other Brazilian team can kind of, uh, on that kind of totem pole of sort of beautiful football, reach the same levels, reach the same, same levels that they did. And it's like a, it's an unattainable kind of comparison that they can do. Also because of like the game changes and becomes more, it's, you, know, you need to be more tactical. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, you can't, Maybe these kind of purity kind of ways of playing before just you know you can't actually in the kind of more cynical and tactics based game achieve those achieve those goals yeah. but I guess it's
2: also say a change in in football say even on club level, you have much more resources to to investigate the skills of other teams when you go up to play them mm. right so they have audio, I mean, they have footage to, to watch of the other team to see how they play, and then you adjust accordingly. So it's just this, you can't just commit to one style of play, like coaches adjust that they know that, okay, this team plays in this country, and so you just adjust to each team you play, mm-hmm. well, which I guess you just didn't mm-hmm. have quite the capacity to do that before, like, you just wouldn't have the kind of knowledge available to, to research other teams so in depth which I think makes the game more reactive yeah. and more, the tactics more adjustable. Although this is also sometimes a controversial issue, right? Because we had this in Germany quite a lot of times,
1: that the team was adjusted to the enemy, uh, to the opponent, yeah. and the way they played, and they didn't do fair better for it. Yeah. But then the discussion was, should they rather tra- stay true to the, their way of playing instead yeah. of you know, just, just adjusting to someone else's <laughs> approach and someone else's strengths? so So sometimes to bring it back to this discussion that we had earlier in this team, maybe it is important to to stay true to to, to the to the core mm, of of yeah. what makes your play distinct
2: but I guess sometimes it it doesn't matter in the sense of what your play is like for example, in Scotland, I support Celtic, who've kind of run away with the league for the past nine years, and they know when they go away to play teams the teams are just going to sit back and just try and score on the counter attack and then they know um when they play uh, sorry, when they play them at, in Celtic Park, the teams are just going to sit back and try and not give them any chances, but then when they go away to the other stadiums, then they kind of open up a bit, and so they can't play the same game, like the yeah. team is just mm. not possible because the other team's not playing the same game, so yeah. it just it's a, it's a tough one to like, it's not that they're not committed to their style of play, it's just the, the yeah. opponent will frustrate it in different ways depending on the context
0: I think yeah I think, it's just, I think it kind of boils down to our discussion that we kind of had with the Luis Suarez thing, whether there is kind of whether we should have, like there is something in football that we should kind of stick to us regarding aesthetic or sort of beauty or whether, you know, if winning is your ultimate goal always, then like does any of it, does any of it matter or yeah. is it just something so you, you console yourself with because you lost that, you, you know, yeah. you, you played pretty football.
2: I mean, I guess maybe you have to have now in these days, the, the Wenger ball and the, Marino parking the bus uh, yeah. dichotomy of style yeah. and they both enter i mean one's entertaining in the sense that sometimes you win and one's entertaining is you get to look back on a pretty goal yeah. that you scored even that you lose <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah but i think it does make a difference right if you play beautifully even if you go out there's something that that, that the fans can appreciate and that you're remembered mm. for so i definitely think that it has a value in itself yeah. Yeah. playing this, beautifully this... is something that should be celebrated, even if you might go out.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, this Brazil team of 1982 are loved and celebrated, not only in, the, in Brazil, but around the world, much more than maybe, like, the 94 team, which won the World yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah. And does that have some intrinsic value? Like, it's hard I to think quantify, right? You don't have the medals on it, but, like, no. maybe... I mean, if
2: everyone's with. if everyone's bored and doesn't want to watch football, then like, who cares who wins? I guess is also a question, right? If everyone turned into Scrappy and we just had all nil nils, then mm. maybe the game would lose fans.
0: Yeah, but I think also like I think it's I think it's it was just like watching it was so kind of iconic. Also, just to kind of like see almost the kind of in many ways like the end of something. Like the kind of it felt like end of an era. Yeah, yeah. the end of like maybe you know we saw it with the game that we watched between West Germany and Austria the kind of like how angry we people were that their kind of teams uh did like sort of you know Some game kind management of or, thing. Yeah, or, like you know uh, yeah. yeah like were professional or just like you know thought like, about their goal of going to be yeah. more important than like whatever about the fans or like, anyone else we don't care how this looks right yeah. this is how it goes whereas like this was the pure sort of joy but also celebration and, like, give the fans a show and, like, everything. That's, like, that's wow people as we go along. Yeah,
1: and I guess looking back at Wembley, it is a question of whether this is a continuum, right? Like, whether with football progressing into the 21st century, this um, rather romantic idea of just playing... The best football you can and the most beautiful football you can, and playing straightforward mm. is kind of trickling out. And now there's the most strategic, pragmatic approach, which is more about winning than about staying yeah. true to your style of play.
0: But also, like, beautiful football doesn't have to be like unaffected, like for some, no. you know, it's no. be, being like attacking and creating stuff is something that teams, like, if that's what you're good at, then you know, that is your best way of winning. And uh, maybe for this Brazil team, I think it's, like, it's, it's, it's very simple to say, oh, why didn't you just, de- once you got to 2-2 two, two, and, like, be defensive and, like, accept your position? Or I think, like, Serginho said that they lacked intelligence when they did not sit back and accept the position. But, you know, this is just, like, their most effective way of how they played. And, like, this was them at their best, right? Them being attacking and moving the ball and creating stuff and... If they were to try and defend themselves, then that's not something they would have, been, would have been good at.
1: But some people are saying that the tides are turning again in Brazilian football with the rise of Tiki Taka and then mm. the loss against Germany and the World Club at, at their home place. Uh, they, the, the argument is that they're trying to you know refocus, do, do, do it all over again in see where it brings them. And So maybe there's a return yeah. for more beautiful philosophy of football.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, I think we've covered everything... That I wanted to cover on this on this game. Do you have any any final any final thoughts? Any final words on the Brazil team of 1982? Other than they have beautiful kids.
2: No, I mean it is a beautiful kid. <laughs> but uh, I do like that despite the Brazil team didn't make it to the World Cup final, one Brazilian did. There was the the referee was the first ever South American non-European referee to ever to ever referee a World Cup final. So i mean they can they can be consoled in that (laughs) (laughs) all
0: right thanks a lot for joining us on the podcast if you enjoyed the show please give us a a like and a follow on facebook or else uh, uh subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app
2: Network.